Welcome to the Butts and the Seats podcast, episode number 21. We are legal drinkers now. WrestleMania 15. Ed, we, I think we've been doing a lot of bonus episodes now. Yeah, I'm not really sure why. Well, we had a few like lined up because of the, the network and Peacock and all that jazz. Yes, th- this one was scheduled for what it's worth, too. Yeah, this is not like a true, true... Well, this this is the most pure form of bonus. The other two were like, ah, we don't need to know what we're doing. Scramble, fill the spot. Yeah, this is not our first WrestleMania either, which just feels weird. It's like, yeah, we reviewed the WrestleMania that's 22 from here. Oh, you mean the one that just aired? I was yes. like, what other WrestleMania did we do? Yes, the one that just aired. I really would rather they were like, WrestleMania 2011, WrestleMania 2021. Like... It's the same thing with the Super Bowl. I can't keep up with the numbers because they don't make sense with any kind of like timeline. Well, for, they're headed towards that because I think as they're going longer and longer, they're in a weird middle point of Vince feels it doesn't feel prestigious that, that you know how long it's been going. He just thinks it feels old. Because this year was 37? Yep. There's a certain like gap of numbers where it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, Emily, were you excited to watch this WrestleMania? Yes, just to, like, get something other than WCW. But, like, I didn't really know what was going on up to this this WrestleMania, so it's not like I was like, ooh, I'm pumped. This is the final Vince Russo WrestleMania. And now Vince Russo comes to us. Soon. He he has a a good amount of months. He's, like, October, November, so. Okay. We have some time. However, his his, uh, fingerprints are all over a couple of these uh, matches. See, you say that. I don't truly know what that means. I don't think I want to spoil it for you. Okay. You'll you'll see. There will be a shift. Okay. But yeah, this is uh, WrestleMania 15 live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on March 28th, 1999. So before we get into the actual show, I think we missed this for Uncensored. Uh, let's talk pay-per-view buys. Oh yeah, I don't know if we did this for Uncensored. So... Just for scale, Uncensored did 325,000 buys, which was down from the previous month and was down from the month before that. That is the closest WCW pay-per-view to this show. How many buys did WrestleMania 15 have? 500? Even higher. 700. 800,000 buys. Damn. I think it was a record at the time, too. I know it, it's funny, if you go back and look at WrestleMania buys, it's good, it's good, it's good, and then the new generation happens, and it goes way down, and the difference between WrestleMania 13 and WrestleMania 14 is like two to three times the, the business. Jesus. But uh, this is not the highest one still, or I guess since. Uh, it got beat a couple times, the ones that actually broke a million. Okay. I mean, that, that makes sense. I guess yeah. time goes, too. Yeah. It is it is the biggest show of the year. However, more than double WCW's show around this time's number of eyes. So, Jesus. oof. Oof-da. So, let's get into this thing. And by into this thing, I mean, let's meet Boys to Men, Philadelphia's own, singing America the Beautiful. It sounded lovely. Yeah. I did actually, yeah. They were, they were a lot better than the year before, which was the fabled DX band doing yeah. America the Beautiful, which is... Not available on the network, Peacock, or really anywhere at this point. They went, you know what, let's just... uh," I think they canceled that before canceling was really a thing. (laughs) Boys to Men is very good at harmonizing. And they just sound really wonderful together. And they are the one boy band that can like stand the test of time because they can actually sing. We go from there to a classy Freddie Blassie narrated 
opening video package. I was going to ask you who it was because I had no idea who yeah, that was. Classy Freddy Blassie. He did a lot of their uh, kind of pay-per-view voiceover kind of thing. Okay. Just, I almost wanted to play the thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so dramatic. It was very dramatic. Like, I knew it was somebody. I just didn't feel like asking you in the moment. Yeah, just like mysterious, wise old lesson. man voice. Yeah. Very dramatic. Uh, a lot of Shawn Michaels in the video package, too. I kind of noticed that and I went, oh, he's not wrestling tonight. So he's the current commissioner, yes. right? Okay. Commentary checks in and we have Jerry the King Lawler alongside Michael Cole. You say that with such disdain. 99 Michael Cole is... I didn't think he was bad. Like He wasn't bad, but... Spoilers, Jim Ross comes back to call the main event, and it feels a lot different. These two on commentary, I will take any day over the three fucking morons we have on commentary for WCW. Yeah, Cole was fine, minus the women's title match. It's not even entirely his fault. It was more, he will not rein Jerry in when Jerry needs to get reined in. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's fair. So we start off with the hardcore title triple threat match. Hardcore title not 24-7 at this point, for what it's worth. So we do not have the Hurricanes swinging in our rope. No, and we don't have um, Crash running in from the audience. Crash hasn't even debuted at this point. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Well, that means Hurricane hasn't debuted either. No, Hurricane... God, he hasn't even shown up in WCW yet. Oh, he gets to come to WCW? Yeah, he's not going to be... I don't think he's the Hurricane there, though, for what it's worth. No, I doubt it. But... Hardcore title, triple threat. It is Al Snow versus Hardcore Holly versus champion Billy Gunn. This is apparently Al Snow's WrestleMania debut. Yes, that would make sense. Uh, We need to talk about Billy Gunn. Why? Billy Gunn should not be in this match. You know who should? Mm -mm. Road Dog. You know who Road Dog, prior to two weeks before WrestleMania, was feuding with? Hmm. Al Snow and Hardcore Holly. And Road Dog is... In the Intercontinental title match with Goldust, Ken Shamrock, and Val Venus. Do you know who was feuding with the three of them? I'm going to guess Billy Gunn. Yes! And I don't know why they... They just randomly had Road Dogg win the IC title on Raw eight days before WrestleMania. Then they had Billy Gunn win the Hardcore title. And then on the go-home Raw, they had them face off in like a title-for-title match. Which just ended in, I think, like, Goldust and Val Venus <laughs> ran down, and it was no contest. And I'm just like, cool. what the fuck? Cool. By the way, Billy Gunn has been feuding with Val and Ken Shamrock since, like, before the turn of the year. Oh, jeez. It was, like, December, and he was kind of doing stuff. And he's just, he's in this match now. I wonder if there was, like, backstage sort of politics going on. Yeah, there was some rumbling about them giving stuff away or something, but it's like, it's also a little bit of a Vince Russo thing of, oh, you thought you were getting this? Swerve. Get something oh, else entirely. Swerve. Oh, he's the king of swerves. Oh, no. Yeah. Get ready for a lot of dumb swerves. Well, I, I have been told that he is dumb. There like, his are, booking like, is dumb. Yeah, there are multiple swerves on this show, too. Billy Gunn comes out, and I, I watched a couple of Raws in the build, and he comes out to the New Age Outlaws theme, and it was weird hearing him on the Raws do the, oh, you didn't know? He didn't do it here. Wait, does Billy Gunn do the, oh, you didn't know on Raw? He did it for himself coming out, coming out solo. Yeah, I thought that was just a road dog thing. Yeah, it usually is. It was, that's why it was weird hearing Billy Gunn do it. I've never heard him do See, it See, like, this was cool because the audience did, oh, you didn't know. And then yeah. Billy Gunn came out, like, oh, that's why. Which, like, that also doesn't help in the grand scheme when it's like, oh, road dog's been feeding with these two guys. And you hear the... 
Fair. Billy also then grabs the mic and when he comes to the ring and is like, I'm going to cut a promo. And Al Snow goes, no, you're not. And just <laughs> yeah. attacks him from behind. Al Snow doesn't have time for your shit. Billy Gunn gets tossed into the stairs and just like gets tossed in like the top portion and just flips right fucking over them. It, it looked, looked rough. rough. Yeah. I did like that. I think this might have been a little bit later. So I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead. They pulled the um, like cruise cooler out from under the the um, the ring. Yeah, that had like had their Gatorades and water bottles in it. Like if I was in the crib, I'd be like, oh fuck, this is the first match. Like now, what do we have? We also get Artcore Holly suplexes Al from the concrete onto the mats, which I thought was very courteous. It was. Listen, these men are hardcore, but they are safe. So, during this match, Michael Cole notes that on Heat, the main event of tonight's show was made no disqualification. A lot of stuff happened on Heat. Yeah, because there was like a battle royal, too. Yeah, we'll talk about that for the, during the next match, but there's a lot going on in that fucking mm-hmm. that Yeah, show. like to the point where we should have probably watched Heat. A lot of weapons being brought out in this, including a hockey stick, which prompts some Let's Go Flyers chants. Oh, is that what they were trying to... I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't figure it out. Philadelphia Flyers is the NHL team yes. for that city. I did like Al Snow's WWE 2K strategy of just spamming weapon shots before anybody could do anything else. Like, nope, just quick weapon shot. Nope, I'm not, you're not getting up. That was good. No, he had like really sad, soft punches too at one point. Al also manages to knock both men down with Head, and then Head tells him to go grab a table. <laughs> head, you monster. I love Al and Head. I think they're the best tag team to ever be in WWE history. Isn't Head Cheese one of your boys? Yes, Head Cheese is one of my boys. Head was not in your boy stable. Do we need to change that? Maybe head should be my boy stable. Well, head has never actually wrestled a match. That's so not it's... true. Head has gotten pinned. By who? Well, never mind. We don't need. We don't have time to get into this. By Grandmaster Sexay. Oh my god. Do you know how they pinned him? I want to know. They like inserted into like the base of the head a bottle of Head and Shoulders, and then they laid it down, and so his shoulders were down. I love that. <laughs> The strain in your voice says otherwise. That's so stupid, but I love that so much. So Al sets up the table in the corner, so he is doomed to go through it. Of course. Billy Gunn headshots Hardcore Holly with a chair and then hip tosses Al through the table in the corner. Billy then hits a Famouser on Al onto the chair, but Hardcore Holly breaks up the pin with the chair and then just steals the pin. So new champion, Hardcore Holly. Hell yeah. I I enjoyed this match. I thought the ending was a little flat of just, like... It didn't seem clever. It, seemed like it, 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 no, it took it was, too long, I think is my issue. But the thing is, this was, again, a good way to start this show. Yes. Like, I like when they start pay-per-views with a cruiserweight title or a hardcore match because that has the right energy to get the crowd excited yeah, and ready to go. something fun to get everybody kind of going. It doesn't matter that this didn't have, a, like, a fun, funky ending... The match itself was fun and high-paced, so it's good to me. Yeah. I really like this match. After the match, we get one of those heat recaps of uh, one of the stupidest ideas I think they've done, in at least in terms of logic. We're going to do a battle royal, and the final two men in the battle royal win, and they get a tag title shot later in the night. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. The sad thing is, the WrestleMania before this... There was a tag team battle royal. I th- think they got an eventual title shot or something. But, you know, it was all established teams. It wasn't, let's do a makeshift thing and, you know, kind of fuck the other tag teams in the division. Cause, because for some reason, Test and D'Lo are getting a tag title shot as opposed to any established team. I guess, yeah, but 
Can you name an established team that would warrant a title shot? New Age Outlaws. We're not actively watching, so I don't know the entire Fair. list of teams. Yeah, that was my only, that was my biggest issue going into this. Like, I don't really know what was happening prior, so I didn't know the build or like who to be rooting for. You know, I'm guessing he got actually hurt because D'Lo had a tag partner this time. It was Mark Henry. Oh yeah, and he they was wrote, not in this at all. Yeah, they wrote Mark Henry off, so I'm guessing Mark got an injury, and they went, you know what? Let's just give Test uh, a yeah. little baby push. Yeah. So our next match is for the tag team titles, and it is D'Lo Brown with Ivory and Test versus Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart with Deborah. Oh, Jeff Jarrett. Oh, Deborah's outfit. What the fuck was that? I was sad that both D'Lo and Test don't have their good themes here yet. No. You are not looking at the real this deal, is and this is test. not a test. Slaps. Yeah, they, we keep learning things that happened on Heat, because Ivory comes out with a fairly large band-aid on her face. Yeah. Because D'Lo has been feuding with PMS. For more on that, listen to our Sports Entertainment Double Feature episode, Ugh. where you can see D'Lo Brown cause a miscarriage. Ah! Or not even... And he, doesn't, no, he doesn't even cause it. She just randomly falls off the apron and has a miscarriage yeah and it's not why a, is miscarrying a child a wrestling plot point vince russo no you you won't be able to turn away so it's good television no that doesn't make a good television he's been feuding with pms which is one i feel the need to say the pretty mean sisters do you get the joke no explain it to me vince russo would also go on in tna to form the group sports entertainment extreme shut up so the Pretty Mean Sisters are Jacqueline and Terry Reynolds. But Terry, I guess, you know, thinking back to her Marlena days, apparently took a lit cigar and burned Ivory's face. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Jesus. what? Jesus Christ. As, as one does on like a casual Sunday night. Did you catch Tess's shirt when he no. came out? Guns don't kill people. I, I kill, kill people. people. Yes, I did. Which, yes. yeah, somebody recently watched fucking Happy Gilmore. Well, because they're still calling him the, the hired gun, too, right? I missed that. They called him the hired gun about seven times during this match. I, I think I just tuned out commentary. <laughs> okay, see, I tune out commentary for WCW. This time I was listening to commentary. I was like, wow, this is refreshing. Listen, he was not the third member of the smoking guns where it's not Bart Gun, Billy Gun, and the hired gun. Whatever. Match starts, both teams kind of brawl, and Tess tries to clothesline Owen Hart over the ropes to the outside, and in the, fir- to the first 30 seconds, and it's already not going well, because <laughs> he does not clothesline Owen to the outside. No, Owen just, like, bounces back. Well, Owen bounces back, smartly drops to the ground, and rolls, as opposed to trying to fucking take that shit again. Yeah. Michael Cole, during this match on commentary, is like, Basically, you gotta believe that the the challengers stand no chance, seeing as they've never tagged together before. It's like, wow, that's a, that's a real interesting story this match is gonna tell. Yeah, really. The champions are definitely gonna win. Cool. Yeah, what was the point of this match? We've not seen a lot of Owen Hart in no, our watching. No, we really haven't. How did you feel watching Owen Hart? Uncomfy. Yeah. Watching Owen is just, like, hard, because it just makes me sad. It's, it's very... Um, melancholic i guess because you're watching this guy that absolutely i've only ever heard lovely things about him doing what he absolutely loves doing and then you know that he dies very soon after this yeah honestly for me he didn't look super into this match which you kind of can't blame him considering there's no story really going into this d-lo was kind of feuding with jeff jerry and owen hart but 
Not, like, he was also feuding with Pretty Mean Sisters. Mm. And, and, you know, they're not going to continue this, so... He, yeah. he is kind of too good for this shit right yeah. now. Yeah, and you pointed out this is the only time that we're going to talk about Owen Hart on this podcast. Yeah. Which is really sad. Yeah, and I mean, he he's really the only one of his friends and family who's still in the company. Because Bulldog's not back yet. Rick Rude went over to WCW. Brett's over Brett's to WCW. WCW. Uh, I think Neidhart's in WCW as well. Is he? Just listen. I don't. We haven't seen him. I think they hired him. I just don't think they're using him. Okay, well that's different. It's still sad. I know. I, I like watching him. And I want to like appreciate Owen Hart himself as a wrestler, but we haven't watched much of him. So every time I see him, I've still got that like pang of oh, that's sad. It's like watching um Eddie Guerrero. Like it's sad because he's so good, and you know he dies, and it's just ah, it hurts. I'm trying to find a good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. If there's, there's no a good, way to transition out, of, out of that death. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I I had, remember I had to cut a lot of uh, death talk in a couple of the early episodes, and listen, I have a lot to say about death. <laughs> So, Owen locks in the sharpshooter on Test, but D'Lo Brown breaks it up, and apparently Test is pissed off about that. And I'm like, what the, what the fuck? I don't understand. Also, it's not like Test and D'Lo have been feuding, so they're just randomly being dicks to each other. Are they both heels, I guess, at No, this time? Oh, I mean, D'Lo's a face. D'Lo, okay. It was more Test being a dick to D'Lo, in, I, I guess, in fairness. I was also disappointed, because D'Lo didn't really have as much shaky head in this. No. So Deborah then gets up on the apron and is kind of like a, oh, look at my tits. <laughs> I don't really know what the, what the point of the interference spot is. Distraction. Yeah, but like, what, what's distracting you? Titties. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's wrestling logic. I don't know. Woman with breasts. So Deborah gets up on the apron, but Ivory pulls her off the apron, and then pretty mean sisters come down, and Tess gets distracted, and it's real messy at the end. D'Lo sets up for a power bomb on Jeff, but Owen Hart hits a missile drop kick, and Jeff pins him, and the champions retain. Yeah, this wasn't. Was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Just it's not WrestleMania quality. No, like you put this on, you know, Backlash or St. Valentine's Day Massacre. You know, it's probably like okay, it's did something. Here is just like why were we here? Yeah, no, definitely. It seemed rushed and last minute, like they needed to fill a slot or something. Yeah, but this. Uh, this will be the last Owen Hart match we watch on the podcast. We will talk more about Owen Hart and all that as we kind of yeah. get to it in the timeline. Yeah, because I imagine there's like going to be a good... I know there's a good amount of time that Brett's gone from WCW. Yeah. So we mentioned him before. Might as well uh, get to his match now. Mm. It is Brawl for All winner Bart Gunn versus Butterbean. This was the most confusing match setup that I've ever seen for a WrestleMania or for a pay-per-view in general. Yeah, they had a bit of a video package, but it didn't really tell you a lot of why this is happening. So, Emily, how much do you remember about Brawl for All? Not much. So, Brawl for All was basically a shoot fighting tournament that they aired, you know, eat, like they like one segment each week on Raw for like 10 to 13 kind of weeks. Mm -hmm. Apparently, the whole thing happened because Vince Russo wanted to see Bradshaw get his ass kicked. <laughs> And then it got changed into, hey, what if we took this thing and used it to get this one guy over, and then we can have him feud with Steve Austin? Mm -hmm. It's actually somebody we, we very briefly mentioned on the WrestleMania 37 episode, was Dr. Death Steve Williams, because he got inducted into the like Legacy Hall of Fame. Okay. Unfortunately, when you're doing shoot fights, guys get hurt for real Shoot and hurt. yeah and it's not all you know like oh concussions which by the way everybody got fucking concussed because mm. 
they were knocking guys out for real. Ugh. But, you know, just like they were tearing stuff because their body isn't designed for that. Right. And it it's a very different style of fighting. So Bargun was actually the one who knocked out Dr. S.T. Williams. I think he had like a torn fucking quad or something Oof. too around that time. Then beat Bradshaw in the finals. This is Bradshaw of like JBL. JBL. Okay. Yeah. And this was months ago. This is literally like over the summer. And they didn't do jack shit with Bargun after that. <laughs> and I think part of it was they wanted Steve Williams to win and he didn't. And so it's like, oh, well, now we can't put him against Austin. You've basically ruined our plans. Thanks a lot, Bart Gunn. All he did wrong <laughs> was... You've soiled my plans. Literally, all he did wrong was win. <laughs> How dare you? This is his big prize, basically, for uh, winning Brawl for All. He gets to face Butterbean. Okay, I didn't realize that Butterbean was this guy's actual name. Like, well, it's not his legal name. No, but it's that, not what his Christian kind of, name. What kind? What kind of boxing name is Butterbean? Look at that man and tell me he shouldn't be called Butterbean. He's a boxer. That's supposed to instill some kind of fear. So before the two come out, we do get Isaac Hayes in the crowd. Not a clue who that is. Um, he's like a soul legend. He, he's also the voice of Chef in South Park. Oh, that's cool. This is also where uh, we get our first mention of the WrestleMania Rage Party. I missed mention of that. Did we see it? We will talk about it later. Yes, there was a video package for it. Oh, okay, okay. I don't think I realized it was called the Rage Party. We also pan from Isaac Hayes to some other special guests in the mm. crowd. Emily, who's here? The Mean Street Posse. The fucking Mean Street Posse. With sweater vests and all from the Mean Streets of Greenwich. This is also the Shoot Posse. Yeah, these are like real buds. Because there's a the couple wrestlers. guys I have no idea who the fuck they are. I just love when they're like the mean streets of Greenwich, Connecticut. Now, I've never been to Connecticut. I can't imagine there are mean streets. And again, before the competitors come out, we get the referee for this match. is going to be Vinny Panzienza. Yep. So sure. Pazienza. That's what it was. Sure. The Pasmanian Devil, they called him. I hate that. I think he's just a boxer. I know, but I just, I don't like that. Then we get our judges. We get Kevin Rooney, who is also somebody in boxing. Sure. I found the second guy kind of interesting with what they said about him. His name was Chuck Wepner, who apparently boxed Muhammad Ali and wrestled Andre the Giant. And Which like, is like cool yeah, resume. That, that's an interesting kind of thing. I was like, oh, shit. That's a, good, that's a good bullet point on a resume right there. And then in his final WF appearance, we do get Gorilla Monsoon. This is his final appearance? Yep. Hmm. Yeah. He, he gets a very appropriate ovation for him. Everyone's like, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm assuming he dies. He doesn't look well here. Yeah, he is sick here. Yeah. But yeah, long time... Um, he was the commissioner for a little while and long time co- um, play-by-play commentator. Oh, okay. Yeah. And additionally, also wrestler. Yes. Like, I recognize the name and I understand the like the praise and the laud he got. So both men come out to very little reaction. I think part of that is the music hits and it's like, oh, who's coming out? And then it's like, Butterbean gets a little pop when he actually walks out, but... For the most part, nobody's here to see this. How did you feel about Bart Gunn's nickname? What was his nickname? Bart the Hammer Gunn. Oh, that was so frustrating. Because, first of all, the hammer, unoriginal. But Bart the Hammer Gunn. So your last name is a weapon, but your nickname is a different weapon? Why? Why would you choose that? All right. Bart Gunn's in good shape here. He is. He absolutely is. Probably 240, 250, somewhere in there. Butterbean has a good amount of weight on him. Butterbean is also a boxer. 
So that's the other weird thing about this. This is not a brawl for all match. This is... This is just a straight up boxing match. Pretty much. I think they're advertising as brawl for all. But brawl for all, there were takedowns. Mm. I think that they're like, yeah, Butterbean's like, I'm not doing takedowns. What is a takedown? Picture just UFC, just like taking someone down to the ground. Oh, okay. Yeah, like a little more wrestling kind of to it. Okay. Um, it's also a move in Pokemon which deals damage back to the user. I think it's about 120 power. I think it's about 85% accurate. I just threw a pen at Nick. He's being stupid. I, I don't usually trust this to you, but um, Emily, do you want to do play-by-play for this match? Do I? <laughs> There's not much to play or by play. Barkun gets knocked down pretty quick, and he does manage to get up, and it's like, you sure? You want to go? All right. And, and he gets from hit there, again, and that's it. He gets knocked down, and yeah, the whole, whole match is 37 seconds of in-ring time. Yeah. And... Jesus, he goes down like a sack of fucking potatoes. He really does. So that first hit that he takes, he just kind of like stumbles and he just like kind of shakes it off. Yeah. And he gets back up and he's like, okay, I'm fine. Let's go. And Butterbean's like, okay, you're standing. (laughs) Bam. (laughs) Butterbean with the fucking Michael Jordan meme. And I took that personally. (laughs) (laughs) They did the replay of the second hit. Like for the amount of replay they did on that hit was longer than the actual fight. Yes. We've talked about this way longer than the fucking segment goes. Yeah, we really have talked about this too much. But the impact of the boxing glove to his cheek, like that ripple, yeah. I hate that. I, that grosses me out. I, I said that this was hilarious yet unfortunate because th- literally Barkun doesn't do really anything from here. Oh, that is kind of sad. Yeah, this was his prize and punishment for winning Brawl for All and... <laughs> He's pretty much done after this. Yeah. So is he actually related to Billy Gunn? No. Okay. So there was a chicken. Yeah. So I honestly don't fucking understand. It is the San Diego chicken. Why does San Diego have a mascot? I don't even know what the hell it's a mascot for. Again, we are in Philadelphia tonight. Oh, yeah. Why is the San Diego chicken in Philadelphia? Well, we find out who it was later and I was like, oh, maybe... There was a tie-in of a previous year, and it's just like, nope, it's just the San Diego Chicken. They needed a mascot, and I'm guessing they couldn't get the Philly Fanatic. Yeah, I'm sure the Philly Fanatic is a lot more expensive. Yeah, so the San Diego Chicken comes out and just kind of taunts the referee, Vinny uh, Pazienza, who then just kind of loosely punches him, and he's knocked out. Yeah. I don't understand why this happened here. No. So... Also earlier tonight on Heat, the big show, Paul White, was apparently waiting to attack Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Mankind came to brawl with him. My boy, Mankind. We then get an interview with Mankind. He doesn't say too much of note. He does call himself an angry young man. (laughs) And he tells Big Show to try, try, try to have a nice day. And that is our next match. It is the big show, Paul White versus Mankind. Winner of this match will go on to referee the main event. Or at least they're supposed to. The Big Show comes out. I actually almost typed the giant, weirdly enough. Really? We had such a hard time with that. Now I I can't go back. But they keep calling him Paul White here. They did not call him Big Show for a good amount of weeks. And it's like, I think in the final two weeks is when they finally decided to actually call him The Big Show. When he's coming out, though, Michael Cole goes, the most coveted free agent in history. I'm like, yeah? I don't think that's true. We get a cute uh, God is Foley sign. <laughs> Little play on the Foley is God or Foley is good. I love Mick Foley so much. So, these two have a pretty brawling match. 
Big Show gets gassed real fucking quick. Well, yeah. I mean, he didn't do a whole lot of singles matches in WCW. So he was in the ma- he was in the ring for a couple minutes and then he would tap out. Um, or not tap out, like tag out. We talked about it in a cut segment. He did get liposuction in between then and now. Oh, so he got liposuction. Yeah. And by now, I mean WrestleMania. Right, right, right. Oh. Because, like, prior to... Off, off Mike, we had talked about his fluctuating weight of, like, when he's training, he gets really fit. But the second he's not on the, on the, ro- he's on the road, yeah. he just puts on weight. Yeah, because he shows up in 2008 to fight Floyd Mayweather, and he's in great shape. Yeah. And then you kind of see him be on the road, and he kind of increases a bit. And he showed up recently in AEW, and he looks like he's in great shape because he wasn't wrestling. Yeah. He fucking faced Braun Strowman and, like, dropped the strap. It's like, fuck, fucker has abs now. Oh, that's weird. So Big Show goes to get back in the ring, and Mankind gets Mr. Socko on and manages to lock it in. So this is that time where Mr. Socko is real fucking grimy. <laughs> There's an era of Mankind and Mankind. I don't Foley. think they were selling it yet, so I think that's why. There is an era, though. Like, early Mankind, I think that sock is fucking grimy. Well, early and Mankind, still... it was just the fingers. It was just the mandible claw. I'm talking early, early Socko. Early Mr. Socko. Early yeah. Socko. But I, I think it's when he tags up with the rock is when it starts to get a little bit cleaner. Maybe. They start washing the sock. <laughs> Big Show manages to get out of it, but then Mankind locks it in about two more times. And it, it's just kind of being used like a wear down submission here. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's not like a finisher. Big Show ends up getting McFoley on his back. And they're going to do the spot where it's like, I'm going to fall back and, we'll, and you know, you'll take a bump. Mm-hmm. Fucking Big Show. Drops back and puts all of his fucking 500 pounds directly on yeah. Mick Foley. No fucking ease, ease of that. Just like, fuck you. Drops Bog. back. It looked fucking rough. Yeah, that was a big squish. <laughs> he just wrote, dickhead. <laughs> they brawl to the outside. And Big Show grabs a chair and hits Mankind a couple times. And commentary's like, oh, he needs to be careful here. He might get disqualified. Yeah. Like, Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. So then they get in the ring and Big Show sets up two chairs and they're kind of like facing each other and choke slams mankind through them kind of kind of clips them not really Yeah, he them. he put too much distance between which, you know, maybe after that fucking one bump it was like let me take care of him a little bit. Yeah, maybe. But um he barely clips him and I think it's Earl Hebner's like, "Oh, that's enough. DQ." The other chair shots were fine, but that yeah, one... Yeah, I was like... Oh, that's a step too what? far. The one where he barely touches the chair, that's my... But that's that's too far. Yeah. But when he's actually getting, like, beaten to shit with all these these chair shots, so, that's fine. So Mankind wins by DQ. <sighs> Vince McMahon then comes out, and I should have a very mic'd up Vince McMahon. Oh, yeah, he was very mic'd up. I think he had a lavalier mic on. It was well hidden, too. But he comes down to basically call the big show an idiot. And I'm like, that's fair. Yeah, well. He's like, what are you doing? You big dumb idiot. All you had to do was win. So you DQ'd? So Vince insults him. And so Big Show teases a choke slam, but then doesn't do it. And, you know, Vince obviously didn't learn his fucking lesson. And is like, I'm Vince McMahon, damn it. And slaps him. So Big Show knocks him out. Good. And then the Stooges come out to help Vince to the back. And and they stretcher out mankind. Yeah, I got annoyed by that. Yeah, I didn't think about it too much while it was, ha- while it was happening. But like thinking back on it, there was no reason for him to get stretchered. 
Yeah. Why did he get This is the man who got thrown off Hell in a Cell and, like, started to get stretchered and ran back to the ring. Yeah. But two chairs. Oop, that was too much. This is also, like, I think meant to be a bit of a face turn for Big Show. Mm. Also, his punch here is a lot better than one a number of years later. He was supposed to, like, accidentally knock out Vince McMahon and because he had the big KO punch, mm-hmm. which literally meant he couldn't do any punches to anyone's head because your finisher was a punch. Was a punch. Oh. But he was supposed to knock out Vince McMahon and he missed by about three feet. Mm. And they, like, did a replay and they did one of the terrible angles. It's like, what are you doing? Oh. Uh, thoughts on the match? It was good. I mean, I always love a Mick, a Mick Foley Mankind match. Yeah, I was a little underwhelmed by it. Was it was underwhelming. It's not one that I would rush to watch again. So we go backstage and Vince McMahon is finally getting there and he apparently wants that big son of a bitch arrested. Yeah, why? For assault. So next up, we get our Intercontinental title match. It is the Road Dog versus Val Venus versus Ken Shamrock versus Goldust with so the Blue much. Meanie and Ryan Shamrock. There's too many people. A little bit. I did laugh pretty hard at Road Dog doing his shtick, but it was modified, so no one knew what the fuck to say. Was it modified? Well, normally it's for the New Age Outlaws. This was for him, and he's the Intercontinental Champion, so he mixed it up, and no one knew what the fuck to... Oh. The people like, started doing stuff, and it's like, no, you're not the tag team champions of the world. You're just... Oh, the this shtick. I thought you were doing the, oh, you didn't know? No, no, like... no, 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 the in the ring. So, the general story going into this match is that Ryan Shamrock has been being passed around between Val Venus, Goldust, and Billy Gunn, who is not in this match. Yeah. Passed around as in, like, tag team-wise? Dating. Banging. Oh, what's his sister's name again? Ryan. Ryan. I mean, if these are the guys you're getting passed around in between, like, you're not doing that bad. It is weird. They're pretty good. <laughs> She's currently with Goldust. I'm like, that's a weird... <sighs> Yeah, of all those guys, why would you choose Goldust? Yeah, and ironically, the only one she's actually banging is the one who's her brother in Kayfabe. Kayfabe brother. Apparently, they wanted to do an incest story. That's gross. And Ken Shamrock was like, absolutely fucking not. No, that's disgusting. Yeah. Would you believe it? Vince McMahon wanted to do an incest story. So, this is a Fatal 4-Way match, except it's the shit Fatal 4-Way match before they figured out what a Fatal 4-Way match is. Where there's two men in the ring and the other two are on the apron and you have to tag into the match. Which doesn't make any sense. Yes. It's also an elimination match, to which I have to ask you, in kayfabe, why would you ever tag into this match? I don't know. You cannot win the match until there are only two of you. Yeah, so So, there is no reason. I mean, kayfabe-wise, if you just really want to get the beat down on somebody. Yeah, but Ken's the only one who wants to kill everybody. Well, yeah. And actually, Ken doesn't even want to kill Road Dog. Yeah, what's Road Dog doing? Is Road Dog really? He's bad? just the champion. Yeah, he didn't do it. Literally, he's just cleaning up Billy Gunn's mess. Okay. Like I said, three of these guys have been feuding for quite a while. Right. Road Dog hasn't. Right. So it makes sense that Ken Chamron wants to come in and kill everybody, but like, you know, Val Venus on the apron, it's like, yeah, I'll just fucking. Oh yeah, I do love the classic Val Venus towel look. It's a he, good look. He did not cut a great sexy promo. He cut, a, he cut a promo, but it wasn't very sexy. Yeah. I was expecting more puns, more dick jokes. And everyone knows how I feel about Gold Dust. I fucking hate Gold Dust. Pairing him with the Blue Meanie doesn't help. I feel like you didn't mind the Blue Meanie when we watched Barely Legal. I think he fits better in ECW. When you've already got the ridiculousness that is Gold Dust, and then you add 
more ridiculousness with Blue Meanie, it just it doesn't work. And I, I'm just remembering this, where with Foley coming out and Blue Meanie, mm-hmm. I'm kind of amazed there weren't more general ECW chants during the show. Maybe because it, maybe because it's WrestleMania, more people are like traveling. Because there is I think a they're in Philadelphia. Yeah, they're in oh. Philly. Like Meanie does get like some chance, and it's obviously guys who like ECW. I think I actually I recognized one or two guys in the crowd. Oh, really? I think like hat guys there. If you know your <laughs> ECW crowd, it'll never be worse than King of the Ring 1995, where they had fucking Viscera win King of the Ring during his coronation. The entire crowd was just chanting ECW. <laughs> it was the it was the original CM Punk chant of Hell yeah. we disapprove of what's going on. So here is our displeasure in chant form. Yikes. That's funny though. I like that. I forget who starts this match, but uh, Michael Cole notes that there was a coin flip to decide who would start this match. Emily, how does that work? I would okay. So the way I imagine it is like a tournament, kind of like bracket wise. But even then, two people have to start. I don't know. So you do two brackets. You do it twice. I don't know. <laughs> Go with it. You asked too many questions, Nick. So there's a weird spot in this match where Val Venus gets like knocked out and he falls headfirst into Goldust's dick. And the referee gets distracted. And like behind the ref's back, Road Dog and Ken Shamrock both attack the two. And I'm just like... Okay. Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah, it's just kind of weird. I'm used to Fatal, Fatal 4 Ways not having DQ. So it just kind of seemed weird to come yeah, in and do the move. It's strange to have no... There's a lot of weird logic in this. General show. (laughs) Yeah. Then both are on the ground and the ref starts doing the, okay, you both have to get up by the count of ten, or at least one of you has to. And I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. okay, that's kind of weird. But again, it's elimination, so I guess it's still there. Road Dog sets up for the pump handle slam and does a little... uh, A little thrusty thrust. A little bumming, as some would call it. A little pegging. Yeah, I did not like that. She's uncomfortable. It it is weird, especially in the context of this match. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and and like the context of the characters. For me personally, it's not the the, the, the gay vibes. It's the connotation. It's it, like it's just implied like a oh I'm gonna like put it in your butt and you don't have a say about it. It's like oh mm, true. Okay, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, that's weird. Also, I don't know what. But it doesn't add anything to the move. So no, why do it? It doesn't. It's it's like the big fucking wiggle. The big wiggle is at least like a taunt, you know, he's feeling it. This is just this like... This is a taunt? Yeah, but it's a taunt while you're in the middle of a move. To the other people in the match, it could be a taunt. When it's a singles match, it's stupid, but like, it's a taunt. Listen, if he had done the big wiggle, that would have been different. Oh my god. Ken gets tossed to the outside and Val hits a baseball slide and then the two of them brawl up the ramp. Referee Tim White gets to about seven in the count. Ken Shamrock goes, oh shit, I need to get back to the ring. So then Tim White goes... And then you're out. Oh yeah, it was the count quick, ever. It was weird. Yeah, because like normal count on the outside is like one, two. Right. This fucking. So I'm wondering if it was a case of like they were supposed to do the slow count, but then he ran too fast to get back I, to that, the ring. It's like uh, oh, oh yeah, that, that's exactly what yeah. it was. I think Ken realized a little earlier than he was supposed to. Yeah. But it was very much eight. Nine, ten, you're out. Like maybe he was supposed to realize it on like nine. Ken, of course, cool headed man that he is, flips out, belly belly suplexes both Road Dog and Goldust. And so now everyone's on an even playing field. Yeah. So it ends up just being Road Dog and Goldust in yes. the ring. In in the match, I guess. Finish of this match is Gold Goldust hits the ropes, but then Ryan Shamrock trips him up 
and it's so blatant mm-hmm. that it's like, oh, was she trying for Road Dog? It's like, no, she couldn't have been. It was so directly Goldust that it can't be anything but that. Right. So he, so Goldust gets tripped up and then manages to hit a scoop power slam, but then Road Dog like rolls through it. Which didn't look smooth because like he because no. like, he rolled the opposite way he like goes for the pin and then they yeah, go the other strange. way it and didn't look smooth then he pins Goldust so still Intercontinental Champion the Road Dog Jesse James I was was not as into this match I the, yeah I wasn't really into I, it either. I've never liked this form of Fatal Four Way mm-hmm. and it just kind of seemed weird and lazy having Val and Ken Shamrock get eliminated like that yeah fucking we don't even see Val. React to getting eliminated. No, he just walks off. Yeah. He just takes his towel and goes to the locker room. He had a shoot somewhere, I guess. I guess. Hello, ladies. So, yeah, this match was... Eh. Yeah, it was pretty... Uh, it was skippable. Yeah, but I wouldn't... It's not a mandatory skip. No. So, moving on, we go backstage. We get the big show being loaded into a cop car. Which is really just a 1999 Toyota Corolla I think this is the same fucking car they used for that the uh, Goldberg getting arrested, where it's just like, guys, get something to put on top of the car, and it'll be more believable. Because like, because like, it's a fucking red car too. It's not even yeah. like put some like flashy lights in it or something. Just go rent a Crown Vic. They, they can't be That'd that be hard great. to find. Even if it was a white car, I'd be like, okay, fine. But this is very clearly some guy's car. Yeah, and I know it's been talked about before, but Big Show being loaded in the car. Give your monkeys a badge. You think you got some stroke around here? Ew. It's like, they're not fucking booking the show, Big Show. Shut up. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. see, that that's what, that's what you don't know. The sheriff of, e- of each town they're in books the main event. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> see, that's what it is in WCW. That's why it's such a mess. Oh, yep. That'll do it. And they go for a guy that has absolutely nothing, to, has no idea what wrestling is. You just pick two names, make him fight. Yeah, see, here... We 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 have a flaw in our own logic because our our old our old sheriff friend Joe from January fourth, pretty <laughs> sure he was the sheriff and he would not have booked Goldberg to uh, get no. fucking tased and no, do the he finger would poke. Not. He would not Joe have. wouldn't do that. Joe wouldn't book that finish. Joe's better than that. Only you can prevent bad booking. <laughs> so that's big show for the night. That's a wrap on the big show. Next up, we get Kane versus a chicken. Well, it's Triple H, but uh No, it's a chicken first. The chicken will the chicken does reappear and I assume Emily had no idea what the fuck was going on nope. because Kane unmasked the chicken and it's Pete Rose. I don't know who that is. Pete Rose is a baseball legend who has been banned from baseball for, because of betting. Oh. He is the all-time hits leader as well and is not in the Hall of Fame because Because of betting. betting. So Kane tombstones him and the reason he's here is because he was there last year. When they were in Boston, I think he did play for the Red Sox. Oh. oh, actually, I think he did play for the Phillies. He played for fucking almost every team. Jeez. Yeah, he jumped around quite a bit. I forget who he coached for, but I don't know why he was dressed as the San Diego Chicken. Even in my baseball knowledge, I'm actually going to look up now if he played for the Padres or not. <laughs> Which remember a couple weeks ago when I just like roasted the fucking Padres for no reason? Yeah, that was just out of nowhere. He did not play for the Padres, so I don't know why the fuck he's the San Diego. So chicken. there's no reason. I don't know. Fucking weird. Kane is facing Triple H, and in the past couple weeks, Kane accidentally just bang your deaded a fireball at China. It was just like point fireball. Bang your dead. <laughs> He did not mean to hit China. Triple H ducked, and so it was the one thing he didn't want to happen. 
And then Triple H came out dressed as gold dust with a flamethrower and shot a fireball in Kane's face. And we all know, as we did our summer reading of Journey into Darkness, that Kane does not like fire. <laughs> Kane doesn't like fire. That's why, you know, his, his Titan drawn has nothing but fire. He, you know, he causes explosions when he comes out and when he's in the ring. He's able to shoot fire. But he doesn't like it. To Once again... I forget what, I think it's a UK show. I, I need to ask the question that bo- that brave man once asked. Whatever happened to the Undertaker and Kane's ab- ability to summon lightning at will? Good question. To the best, to the best wrestling sign ever next to Roman is a blank pheasant. <laughs> the story of this has been that China seems to be getting attached to Kane. And I feel like when people talk about that storyline, they give it a lot more than it actually was. It's really only a couple weeks. It's nothing long term. Oh, I, I imagined it was like two weeks. It's a little more than that, but it's like we bring back the white coats from the uh, January 4th Raw. And it's like, all right, Kane, you're out of the corporation and here's the white coats. And then China's like, I can control him. He listens to me. I can change him. Pretty much. And that was like in the build. And then. That's weird. Yeah. It's like, this is not a big thing in Kane's career. But we get to the actual match, and Triple H appears from behind when his music hits and low blows Kane before the bell. Can we talk about how young and pretty Triple H is in this match? He's just like, he's still pretty boy Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yes, absolutely. He did have a weird back braid kind of going on. Yes, but did you notice how dry his hair was? That's new. A little bit. New for us. He's always so wet. The man is wet. <laughs> So there's very weird face-heel dynamics going on here. Because, like, Kane's part of the corporation, but he's very reluctantly so. Mm-hmm. Like, he's literally being held fucking captive. So I wouldn't say Kane's a heel. And literally Triple H shows up, low blows Kane before the bell. So I'm like, oh, you're kind of being a heel. I guess no one's the heel. Or everyone's the heel. No, that's later. Oh, well. I did like the touch of when Triple H comes out and low blows Kane. They did set up all the stuff for his pyro. To, like, sell that, oh, yeah, he's going to come out and do his entrance. So, yes. we set up his pyro. I'm like, it's a nice little touch. I yes, like that. that was cool. That was good. So, yeah, the two of them are kind of fighting over China. Triple H has been being a dickhead to China the past couple weeks. Yeah, so, like... I think this is around the time he calls her a big bitch. <laughs> so, like, if you're China, why do you want to go with either of these men? So, there's a spot where Kane gets thrown into the stairs. And I want to, like, specify, he doesn't get whipped... He literally gets, like, thrown, like, back first, like, leaves his feet into the stairs. He's like, oh, shit. Yeah, that was, like, I didn't... Yeah, Do you think he jumped or did he actually get thrown? Because, like, if no, he got he, actually I mean, thrown, he, like, that's impressive. Like, he jumped a bit, but it's, like, most people get whipped into the stairs, you take it on your shoulder, yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. oh, no. Or your Undertaker, and you fucking take it on your knees, and then you flip over. Yes. Or your Foley, you take it on your knees, and you flip over. But, yeah, Kane just fucking took it as, like, a back bump. That leads to Kane just, like, weirdly being worked over for a lot of this match. And again, Triple H, like, working like the heel. And it's yeah. Like, it just, like, big monster Kane just kind of gets beat down for most of this. Yeah. Who apparently is not supposed to feel pain. Correct? Don't get me started. We did get Kane doing a fucking running, like, vault to the outside. Like, Yeah, he doesn't really do high-flying moves. I don't necessarily call that high-flying, but, like, he doesn't fly. I mean, he do, he does the, the the diving clothesline from the top rope, but it's, you know, it's him basically landing on his feet and kind of rolling It's very controlled, through. yeah. Yeah, but I literally can't think of another time I've seen Kane do 
running vault to the outside. Yeah, it was weird. Like Undertaker will do the you know the dive over the rope, but I've not seen Kane do it. Yeah. So it's happened a couple times in this show before this, but this is where I noticed Michael Cole keeps fucking saying tormentous. I totally missed all of that. What a tremendous maneuver. And, and one time he actually does say O-mover. I don't know what the fuck he was going for there. O-mover? Yeah. I, I missed all of that. I yeah. think that he banks on that, maybe. That people aren't listening to him talk. So Triple H hits his big knee, or as it has been known by the booty man, the high knee. Do you get it? The booty man? Yeah, that's um, Ed Leslie, a.k.a. Zodiac, a.k.a. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, a.k.a. Eddie Golden, a.k.a. Dizzy Golden. Keep going. <laughs> Give me At all of point, them. At what point? No, I'm not doing all of them. <laughs> a.k.a. the man with no name, a.k.a. the man with no face, a.k.a. fur face, a.k.a. Fuck, I, 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 I didn't go in order. I lost it. <laughs> a.k.a. the disciple. He keeps saying he's going to stop, but he keeps going. I can't believe we actually saw the fucking disciple, too. It's like the <laughs> second episode. This fucking warrior came down in appearance no one remembers and saved the disciple and I look like a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. And I was like, oh, warrior's gone next week. Just Fuck. kidding. So Triple H hits his, hits his high knee and then uh, China comes down. Kane tries for the tombstone, but would you guess it? It gets fucking reversed. What? So China then tosses the steel stairs into the ring. Also has a hard time because it has the little like bumps that way it'll yeah it'll attach the lower thing. And the stairs itself are a perfect height to get slid in, but the little nubs are hit, just hit like the an rope. inch it's too high. Just, like, and they get caught. Up. It is a little awkward. So he tosses the, the steel stairs into the ring. Kane goes to hit Triple H with them, but Triple H kicks them into his face, and I feel like the bump wasn't properly taken there. Because usually you do that and it falls on your face and it's yeah. a thing. But then Triple H drop toe holds Kane onto the stairs. Mm. Any issue with that not being a DQ in your mind? The rules for DQ seem so flimsy. Like, no. Yeah, I don't I don't mind it with the stairs, especially when they're not being used as a weapon. Considering you can whip someone into them and it's not a DQ. True. And it's like, weirdly enough. It's Kane, not like he was holding the stairs and just like, bonk. If Kane had hit his move, to me, that should have been a DQ. He didn't hit it, so it's, it's fine. But it's Maybe. like... Yeah, that would be more of You use the thing as a weapon, but then it's like, no, you defend yourself and then somebody fell on them. Right. So Triple H sets up for the pedigree onto the stairs on the outside. And of course it gets countered. And I literally... We talk about how bad the fucking tombstone percentage is. I don't know if Triple H ever hit the fucking pedigree on, on the, the stairs. On the stairs? Yeah, no. Maybe once to Brock Lesnar. Once he started setting it up in this one, I was like, oh, this isn't working. This yeah, isn't literally, happen. it would be WrestleMania 29 is the only time that maybe that even happened. But it's just like, yeah, no one's taking that bump. No. And every time he goes for it, they hit the back body drop. And I'm always worried Triple H's head is going to, like, clip the stairs on the way down. Yeah. Because it always looks close. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> We know he's alive and well and fine in 21, so... Yeah. So Kane hits a choke slam, doesn't go for the pin for some reason, and China grabs a chair and kind of gets up on the apron and is like, no, I want to hit him. How's my China impression, by the way? It was great. A little, you need to be a little bit whinier, I think. Like, I want to hit Triple H with the chair. There you go, that's better. But swerve! She hits Kane! Oh my god! Kane no-sells it and is just like, Oh yeah. what the fuck? No. See, that was good because he doesn't feel pain. So he just feels betrayal. So with that, Kane wins by DQ. So when he's confronting her, Triple H grabs the chair, hits him over the back a couple times, and then dents the chair over Kane's head. (laughs) And Kane is not his brother in which 
you know, putting the hand up, being real safe. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny how much Kane takes, the, you know, the bump on his knees for, like, any front bump. Mm-hmm. But headshots? Nah, I'll just take those. We're fine. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's fine. How much just... is that mask padded? Good question. It's not. Is he wearing a wig at this point? Wig's probably padded. No, it's not, because the, the mask is ripping his hair out a little bit each time he fucking mm. takes, it, takes it off. But anyway, this match, Kane just looked so sad. Yeah. Triple H pedigrees Kane onto the chair, and then him and China hug as people cheer. Because to me, this felt like a real heel move. I can't. I you don't have a zero bar, zero like, barometer for just in general, heel like face. like bad guy move. Someone comes down to help you cheat. They're implying he you know has a connection with her, and so you basically steal his girlfriend after you've cheated. Cheating. Cheating. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess yes. Kane won by DQ, so you didn't cheat to win. But yeah, Kane sits up and just, I think that the, the frizzy hair helps it. He just looks so sad. It is a kind of amazing how much emotion Kane was able to get out of shit, considering he had no facial animation. Right. Like, credit to fucking Glenn Jacobs. I mean, one reason that the audience would be cheering is because Triple H is hungry, and unfortunately, Kane is not. Triple H did look like Chris Jericho a couple times. He did. Match. I caught that a couple times. Okay, like, I'm glad we were both there. Eye. Yeah. Except Jericho usually has more interesting tights because Triple H is wearing True. is wearing the long pants here, which always looks weird to me. I'm so used to Triple H in fucking. Well, Triple H wears undies. undies. Hunter Hearst Helmsley wears pants. So match itself fine. It was yeah. The finish was story progressing. It was kind of yeah. Like I, I can't blame the story on the fact that the crowd cheered. No. No, but, it, was just, it was a story match. It wasn't anything magical. Yeah, but we also get Triple H with DX later being a face, so I guess mm. that was not meant to be a heel turn, so. I don't know. We go backstage, and Vince McMahon growls that he's going to be the <laughs> special guest referee. Yeah, he just walks in on the backstage guy being like, we don't know what's going to happen, because, you know, Mick Foley's in the hospital, and yeah. Big Show got arrested, and then... Vince McMahon just kind of saunters in. Yeah, he's like, he's, I'm going to be the referee. Well, well, he starts off in borderline commentary voice where he's like, you know, yeah. I have the most perfect referee shirt in my bag. Which, note that. Yeah. Could and then he's that. like, I'm going to be. Like, fucking, like. Like, full on growl. It was unsettling. Like, the fucking Venom symbiote, like, took over there. Like, oh, God. <laughs> right, symbiote, that would explain right so term. much. No, but you're right. That's how it works. So, so Tom Hardy's going to be the special guest referee later. That'd be sick. Next up, we get our match of the night. Yeah. It is Sable versus Tori. Are who you needs, ready for the grind? Who needs second names? Not women. Sable comes out, grabs the mic, and is... No, Nick. Women don't earn their second name until a man chooses them. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I don't think I'm allowed to make that joke. I am. <laughs> that is that is why we have only credited her as Emily for all of these episodes. <laughs> I haven't earned my second name yet. Um, do you want to do you want to do the line reading for uh, Sable or should I? The line reading. This is for all the women who want to be me and, and for the men who came to see oh me. Oh my god, you actually did it better than I would have done it. And, yeah, she does the grind, as it's apparently called. It's just a hip move. It's not sexy. Uh, yeah, it's it's just like a, like a hip rotation. You just swivel your hips a bit. 
But the way you just said that line, that is the perfect amount of no personality. No, no charisma. No, no nothing behind those eyes, you know? So Sable's first Playboy spread came out around this time, and Emily did not look this one up. Listen, I don't know why... I don't know why I looked that one up either. Because my sheltered brain didn't completely realize that Playboy was full nude. I don't know why I didn't know that. And that episode was short enough. I couldn't even cut that out. I... I don't know why I looked. I don't know why I didn't know that it was full nude. I didn't know that I was looking up a full body nude picture. Oh, yeah. We should note that this episode's going to be fucking longer than the last one because uh, that last dumb. one was short. Listen, I felt quite dumb. So when Nick was told me, like, oh, yeah, these girls pose for Playboy, too. I'm like, I'm not looking. But, yeah, this is Sable's first Playboy photo spread, whatever. I don't like calling it a spread when they're naked. <laughs> So Tori comes out in what's meant to be a cat suit, but just ends up looking like Giant Gonzalez's wife, which we both came to that joke. Oh my god, yeah. Because the night before we watched this, we showed our friend The Undertaker's like iconic entrance. I was at WrestleMania 5? Nine. Nine, okay. I was somewhere in the middle there. With the crow, obviously. And she's like, I want to watch this match. I'm like, oh no. So we watched the whole match with Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez. <laughs> and the whole time, I was like, why does his suit... Have a butt crack. It drove me crazy. It drives me crazy every time I see it. So that was on the mind when we were watching this. So this match starts and I realize, oh, fuck, we're going to get pervy king for this whole thing. Yeah. And this is where Michael Cole does not rein him in. Jim Ross would fucking be roasting him the whole time. Okay, fair. I don't think I was listening to him too much during this. So we need to talk about the story behind this match. Do we? Yes. Do you know what the story of this is? No, I didn't know there was a story. Tori had been showing up at Raw's as like a Sable super fan. And it kind of got to the point where she was like a borderline stalker. And so then they had Sable turn heel. And so then it was Sable basically ignoring her stalker fan and wasn't treating her stalker fan properly. Sable's the heel in this match. What? The stalker's the face. That doesn't make any sense. Yes. It does not. That's bizarre. I love that they're playing into the women are crazy trope. That's great. No, I, I think, love 1999. I think Sable's on her way out and they went, we're going to make her a fucking bitch. <laughs> this match is fucking dreadful. Shocker. I, I, I kind of disagree. R- really? I, yeah. I, I had, the bar was on the floor for me for this match. So the fact that there was like a little bit of wrestling happening and it wasn't just like bitch slap caddy grab my hair do nothing it was better than i was anticipating okay it is better than jenna maraska and charmel at fucking victory road on nine but that doesn't mean it's a good match so like i appreciated that it wasn't an entirely male gaze match there was like some wrestling yeah i did know too during this i'm like i can see tori has some fundamentals yes Sable, he tries to hit a dive from the apron and lands right on her fucking face. Yeah. Which, but, yeah. around that time, Michael Cole loses all fucking credibility that he, the little bit he had at this point. It's like, Sable, she's a tremendous in-ring wrestler. Yeah, okay, I would like, never say that. They're not tremendous in-ring wrestlers, but, like, you put them up against, like, I don't know, the women. You know, fucking Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, oh, Sable. <laughs> It's all, it's if you all that put tier. these two against the other women, re- quote unquote, wrestlers, like put these two against Miss Kitty and Terry Reynolds, like these two are better. Well, here's the thing: Terry, 
to her credit, was like, I don't want to fucking be a wrestler. They're not doing jello matches. They're not doing bra and panty matches. During this. This is this is not a bra and panty match. Yes. However, I so Sable comes back in 2003. I literally don't know if Sable wrestles a match during that run. Yeah, well. I think I think the standard, even as low as it was then, passed her by. Because, you know, you have Molly Holly and you have Jazz. Oh, I think, yeah. I think Jazz is still around then. But, like I said, going into this match, I was expecting this to be a classic women's WWF WrestleMania match. It's male gaze. It's sexy women. It's three minutes. Go pee. Come back. We're done. This was like a good like four or five minutes. It was like a five minute match minimum, I think. Okay. But it wasn't terrible. It wasn't insulting. Okay. I'm I'm with you there. I mean... It, it 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 was not a good match. No, but, but the, it wasn't demeaning. But in term, yeah, I guess re- relatively in terms of the history of WrestleMania women's matches, yeah, it's unfortunately probably around the middle. Yeah. Oh, this apparently got negative two stars. What? Really? I don't think it deserved negative two. I mean, did you see Tori's punches? Yeah, I actually put these punches and then I put an emoji next to it because I was typing. Where <laughs> they're just like sticking their tongue out, like lol. They do a spot where they try to constantly pin each other, and they try to have Tori bridge out of a pin and turn into something else. And she gets about 75% of the way there, and then it kind of all falls apart. Yeah, I mean, bridges are hard, but, like, you're a wrestler, you should be able to do Uh, that. Like, it it was a Jenga tower kind of at that point. Yeah, yeah. So then Tori weakly splashes the ref. Sable goes for the Sable Bomb, and I think it's supposed to get countered because she kind of just botches it and then just stands there. Oh, maybe it was. Maybe that was supposed to be countered. Well, yeah, because she just stands there, and then Tori tries to hit a single bomb of her own, and then Nicole Bass debuts and interferes. Who, the only thing they can say about Nicole Bass, I don't know who she is, but apparently she was on Howard Stern. Yeah, this is... They just is, keep saying, oh, Nicole Bass, you know, from Howard Stern. Like, yeah, what? this is the era of the Howard Stern show where they're like, oh, we're going to get, like, you know, like weirdos and freaks on kind you of know, thing. You know, I never watched or listened to the Howard yeah, Stern show. Yeah, I, I haven't either. I know since that time, it's early 2000s Howard Stern is people sitting on vibrators oh. and telling telling sexy stories. So early 2000s Howard Stern is like current day Joe Rogan podcast. I, I, I don't know if I've seen anybody sit on a fucking vibrator but on it's Joe Rogan. stupid. So I don't know if Nicole Bass ever actually wrestles a match. Um, she's not a major part of the history of women's wrestling, so. She looks like she could be on the level of, like, China, muscle-wise. That's kind of what they're going for. Okay. But, listen, as much as we're giving China flack earlier, China actually does have a bit of charisma at points. And at points. And underst- understands the world of wrestling and what yes. to do and thing. So Nicole Bass hits a press slam on Tori, and then Sable hits a Sable Bob and gets the win. Yeah, like I know I don't think I'm going to give this match of the night, but it was it exceeded my expectations. My expectations were low, but it exceeded them. I th- yeah, I thought this was pretty shit. All right. You know what was shit? What I thought the next one was going to be. I thought this next match was going to be garbage. Yeah, I was trying to avoid telling Emily that this was on here cuz it's two of her least favorite people in the world. Because our next match is for the European title. It is Champion Shane McMahon versus X-Pac. The only way that this match could have been sold to me worse is if it was a tag team match and it was those two versus Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. That would be my nightmare. Well, 
X-Pac is part of the clique. I, yeah, he, I, I watched the induction ceremony. I saw him do it. Six. So, before the match, we go backstage and all of DX is there. This is the creepiest promo. Did you see Road Dogg's face during this? They, they this. all have very odd faces because X-Pac doesn't break. He doesn't break eye contact with the camera. I he blinks. I mean, he might not. And Triple H talks for a bit, just running down Shane, and then they point the mic at X-Pac, and he goes, Shane, get ready for some pain. And that's it. That's it. It was weird. So X-Pac comes down to the ring, and the Stooges come out to try to blindside him, but X-Pac fights them off, and then they're just gone. X-Pac, our hero. So match starts, and Shane runs away, but X-Pac manages to catch him. X-Pac goes with the Bronco Buster, but Tess pulls Shane out of the way. To which I feel the need to point out that I feel like I've heard this is a Greenwich Street fight. It's not. That's on the Raw beforehand. Yeah. This That's is what a, I was trying to say yeah. to you while we were watching it. Yeah, this is a regular match. There yeah. are DQs in this match. Yes. Which is important to note. Yes. Because Tess then runs X-Pac into the ring post, crotch first. <laughs> Shane goes for the corporate elbow, but misses. Tess distracts the ref and Shane hits a low blow. Shane whips X-Pac with his belt... As in his like, as like his pants belt as opposed to the title belt. Right. Still. But X-Pac manages to back body drop Shane to the outside. And on the outside, the posse grab X-Pac and he, he manages to fight them all off. Shane goes up top and X-Pac stops him and hits a superplex. Which I thought was impressive in terms of Shane's not a trained wrestler, especially at this point. Right. Like, like- he had done some, you know, real kind of bullshit stuff on Raw, but... You know, he's not been training his whole life. He has only, you know, a handful of weeks of training. Yeah, and he doesn't look bad. And I hate how much I don't hate this match. Fucking A. He has better strikes in this match than he does in the 2010s. Well, yeah. Fucking A. Like, he was doing knees in the corner. I'm like, wow, I don't see a foot of air there. <laughs> X-Pac disposes a test and grabs the belt that Shane whipped him with and whips Shane. I feel like I was missing JR here because anytime Shane got any sort of comeuppance... JR would just go off about spoiled children. Well, yeah. It's like, this is what his dad should have done. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, no. Okay, Jim. X-Pac hits a Bronco Buster, but then Tess hits X-Pac with a title belt. But the ref didn't see it. Yes. So sneaky. Shane goes for the Bronco Buster, but misses. After X-Pac fights off Tess, he hits a Bronco Buster on Shane, which prompts China and Triple H to come down. China in those heels. Did you see the heels that she's wearing? Was she wearing them earlier? No, I don't think so. But they are massive. These yes. are like eight-inch heels. Like, girl. China distracts the ref from counting a pin after an X-Factor. And swerve! Triple H hits a pedigree on X-Pac and places Shane on top of him. Triple H and China have joined the corporation. One, what? two, three, Shane wins. Triple H and Test beat down X-Pac after the bell. The New Age Outlaws come down and they get beat down as well, so... They have split. Yes. So DX is kind of no more at this point. I mean, you can make a case for DXB and the Outlaws and X-Pac. And yeah. They will, the three of them and China will feud over the rights to uh, to DX mm. after this. So the Outlaws get beat down. So then Kane comes out. Because like, sure. Like it's an episode of Raw. Because sure. He comes out and all the heels bail to the back. He doesn't fight. He kind of chases them to the back, but. He does a lap around the ring and then walks right back. Why did you come out? So thoughts on the actual match? It was actually not bad. I didn't hate it. I think this match got overhyped for me, weirdly enough. Really? 
it's one of those underrated matches that people started rating too high, and now I'm like, it's good, but fucking, I feel like we understated how much Test interferes in this match. Yeah, he's annoying. To where I honestly, I just wish this was a no DQ match. And, it would have easier, yeah. Yeah, and you just have, like, match starts, Tess gets in the ring, and it's like, yeah, it's no DQ, what are you going to do? Right. And it's effectively a handicap match at that point. I right. would have been fine with that. But it, just them trying to dance around the ref and Tess's constant interference, just it was too much interference. Yes, I agree. I do love at the end... Road Dog is, I think he's talking to, he like leans over and starts talking to commentary. Yeah. About like what a little bitch Triple H is. And they don't, he, they don't call him Triple H. Road Dog calls him Hurst Hunter Hunter. <laughs> oh boy. So this next match, I love a cage match. And I have heard about this cage match. You, but tur- you turned to me and were like, I know this match. I don't, I don't know if I know it because it's good or if it's bad. And I apparently yeah. had no poker face. No. I did not remember if I heard good or bad things. And turns out I'd heard bad things. So in terms of real Hell in a Cell matches, because there's like two random ones on Raw. I think just happen to take place during it. But like like built to pay-per-view Hell in a Cell matches. Mm-hmm. This is the only the third one ever. That makes sense. This, I know there was Undertaker and Mankind. Yes. And then what was the other one? Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. Okay. So Undertaker's in all of them. Thus far. Okay. And the Shawn Michaels one, for a while, was like the only five-star match in a long period of time. Really? Because I love the Mankind one. This is the shortest pay-per-view Hell in a Cell match ever. Good. It's boring. Yeah, the, the two on Raw were Undertaker and Stone Cold defeating Mankind and Kane, and then Mankind versus Kane ending in a no contest. Have we even introduced this match? Oh, I guess we haven't. This is The Undertaker versus The Big Boss Man. In a Hell in a Cell match. Hell in a Cell. Heel versus Heel. Corporation versus the Ministry of Darkness. And we do get a promo package for this, but the promo package is really more for Undertaker versus Vince McMahon. Yeah. So Bossman being in here is kind of negligible. Yeah, he's like the head of security of the corporation. You'll be serving a hard time. And Bossman, very smartly, does confirm that it is indeed a cage. Good. Someone had to. It's a flimsy cage. Have we ever explained that joke, by the way? I don't actually know. So we have the joke of they have to check that it's a cage because I feel like anytime there's a cage or a cell match, someone has to like grab the mesh and just like check it it's like yep shake it a little bit that is a cage yeah confirmed and if they don't it's bad luck yeah never ends well if you don't check the cage well if you don't i assume part of it's gimmicked and i'm like what what's up mm, true this one was very flimsy though so maybe we shouldn't have checked it so undertaker comes out to his ministry theme with i have the to narration. ask with the narration see that's a unique one but the music itself it doesn't slap i don't think so I disagree. I don't oh like my god! I fucking I was rocking out to this. <laughs> I didn't love it as much. I think the narration threw me off. I did get nostalgic during Undertaker's entrance. Yeah, because it it did look classic. Well, I was like, ah, remember when they actually knew how to light and film the Undertaker's entrance mm. and not just blow it out with fucking blue? Yeah. Okay. If if you watch Undertaker entrance minus the fucking Boneyard match because it wasn't blue for that, I know. Like. Anywhere from WrestleMania 30 to now, 
if you can find one, like, I don't think it's our TV. I think it's literally. Oh no. They're not color balanced for that. They do too much blue light and they don't fucking check it. Because it looks fine with everything else. Just with that, there's so much smoke and blue light. That yeah. It's like, well, it, you can't see anything. Right. I'm sure this looks cool, but uh, yeah. we'll never know. So, we, yeah, we, we mentioned the previous Hell in Cell matches. As we said, Shawn Michaels Undertaker is a five-star match. Mankind Undertaker, one of the most famous and celebrated matches in WWE history. Yeah. That's what they had to live up to. And they really did not. Bossman was very sweary in this match, though. Was he? Yeah, just yelling at the ref, yelling at Undertaker. was just constantly swearing. Something I noticed in this match, though. Paul Bearer has a southern accent. Does he? How did I not catch this before? Every time that he was on the outside of the cage yelling in to Undertaker or whatever, he had a southern accent. Undertaker gets whipped into the cell and Jesus Christ, as we said before, this cage is fucking flimsy as shit. Yeah. To the point where I was almost wondering, I'm like, is it not down on the ground? Yeah, like, it was swaying like, a I, lot. Like, I thought, I'm like, did you get it to like a half inch and that's why the whole fucking thing is moving? Because like, it feels like there's like three feet of fucking give when you get mm-hmm. thrown into the thing. Like... You can see the entire side shift, yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, it, it's not good. Did you catch Michael Cole's line putting over how dangerous the cell was? No. You can get a finger caught in there. <laughs> You're right, Michael Cole. Yes, you could. The boss man then handcuffs Undertaker to the cell and then grabs his nightstick. And he hits about two shots, and then the fucking handcuffs just break. Yeah, he did, like Undertaker went to like fall to the ground, and the... It the just, chain just yeah, it just collapsed with it. Like, oh well, and then they like commentary even like tried to play it up like, oh my god, he hit him so hard that the chain broke. Like, yes, yeah, so he hit him so hard in the head that the, the handcuff on his hand broke. Yeah, they were trying somewhere around here. Undertaker blades, which was our like first blood of the night. I was like, yeah. oh shit, yeah. This was a super strike heavy match. It Jesus was. Christ! Like there were no fun moves. Undertaker grabs a chair and hits Bossman across the back. And this is where the crowd starts to turn. By the way, I guess I told you it is uh, the shortest. So that's your mm-hmm. hand. How long do you think this match was? I'd say like 10 minutes. That's what, Did it feel like 10 minutes to you? It felt longer. But now that you said it was short, I was going to say like 15 at first. Yeah. It felt long. It yeah, I think I gave the game away by saying it's the shortest one. Yeah, so how long was it? It was about 10 minutes. Oh! Oh, that's right. Okay. Cool. Yeah, but I'm like, w- at one point in watching it, I looked up like, how long is this match? And it, it said ten minutes, and I'm like, we're not there yet. <laughs> it felt so long. So the crowd turns on this match at the one crowd point. Starts to boo. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard the crowd boo an Undertaker match. And I, I don't know whether the fact that it's boring, the fact that it's heel versus heel, or the fact that it's in the cell, and so they can't see as much anyway. Because also, they just brawl on the outside of the ring, like, you know, around, like, the actual, like, perimeter of the cell mm-hmm. for most of this match. Yeah, which is weird. I, I, I did get a kick out of Undertaker going for old school inside the ring. And I was like, he's going to hit his fucking head. And you're like, no, he's not. And then they got up there and I'm like, oh, fuck, he's close. He's going to hit his head. <laughs> like, yeah, and Bossman Blade somewhere around this point. Yeah. Too. Not not really out of nowhere, but kind of suddenly Undertaker hits a tombstone and fucking wins. Yeah. Like, eh. Let's talk about the match first before we get to the post-match. <laughs> okay. This the, this was really boring. Yeah. This the, was so boring for who was in it and what it could have been. So boring. Are you rooting for the guy who's fighting on behalf of the evil chairman 
Or the guy who's fucking drinking blood on Raw. <laughs> the vampire. I would probably be cheering for the vampire. No, he's not a vampire. He just drinks. He drinks blood. He doesn't suck blood. Vampires drink blood. I read Twilight. And how long have you been undefeated at WrestleMania? A while. Yeah, so don't watch this match. And especially, don't watch this match for the post-match. Okay, okay here's okay. my thing. You can watch the post-match for the entrance and the exit of the Ministry of Darkness. Because that might be my favorite thing that has well, ever happened. I, I did write, but wait, there's more. <laughs> Billy Mays here with the Hell in a Cell. The Brood rappel down onto the top of the cage. And honestly, Gangrel especially, but all three of them almost miss the top of the cell. Yep. Because they're being like, they're going down basically where like the kind of corner, the corners, yeah, yeah. Where, where where the chain motors to raise it up and down are, yeah. And I guess it's just a little off because Gangrel, especially, I think he's because he's close he to the hard camera. Off. It's like his one leg like doesn't make it. It's like oh shit. But also like Edge is trying to be in character, kind of. So he's like kind of like playing to the audience. So he doesn't really look where his feet are going. <laughs> I'll talk about it now. When Edge goes to leave. They start him, and then they stop, and then they do Christian. So Edge is just, like, floating in midair. Just can, like, I, can I give you a spoiler? It's my best pitch. It's your best <laughs> I love that so much. Like, and it's in a wide shot. They don't go into close-up, no. but it's just very much they started, and he was just floating there, like, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do with my arms? I loved it. And he has, like, the long leather purple coat, too. He looks fantastic. Very much the always sunny joke. Okay, where do I put my feet? <laughs> Oh, good. Oh, yeah, that, that's my best bit. Yeah. Spoiler for later. <laughs> so, unfortunately, once they land, they the brood takes a while and is, like, peeling up the cage. Uh-huh. And they drop down a fucking noose. Yeah, okay, so we're laughing about the entrance and the exit. This is not cool. I don't like this at all. Yeah, so they drop the noose in. Undertaker puts it around the boss man and yeah. takes a, you know what? I am not going to shun it. He takes a while, but he is securing the safety precautions yes. to the harness boss man is wearing. I'm glad. I'm glad they took their time. Which... And I'm glad that the harness was obvious, too. Well, that made part, me feel the better. Thing is, that means boss man was wrestling in the fucking harness the whole time. True. Which that I don't doesn't know, make it better. Well, I don't know if that means... I don't know if that had played a factor or not. I don't know. But yeah, so he puts the noose on. They raise the cage and... I guess credit to fucking Ray Trailer for he acts Dead. well in this, and it's it's unsettling. It's a little chilling. I really don't like. And it. you know what's worse? Mm-hmm. That Ray Trailer is actual has actually passed away. Yeah. So it's just that visual. I'm just like I was amazed it was still on Peacock. Listen, a cab, but not like this. <laughs> not like this. Oh god! All right, yeah, let's... This, this was a rough one to watch. So, I love Hell in a Cell matches, too, so this was really My favorite match ever hard. is a Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. And... This was rough. Th- this ain't it, Chief. I just can't imagine who wrote down, they put him in a noose and hang him in front of the crowd well, at WrestleMania. Who also, and was like, yes, let's do that. Who also told Michael Cole, when the boss man is starting to be raised and hanging there, could this be symbolic? Oh, God, did he say... I was not listening yes. to commentary for this. Could this be symbolic for the corporation? Cole, he's dead! I almost want to peek at Raw. I will laugh if Bossman turns turns up on Raw. Oh, God. Show them on Raw. You can't kill me! So before our main event, 
Cole very much tries to awkwardly pivot from a man being hung to, we were at the rage party. Oh my god. They actually make this look like a decent time. This apparently fucking sucks. Oh, really? If you want more info on this, I urge you to go listen to the Attitude Era podcast Rage Party episode. Oh, I want to I listen to it. So it was sponsored by Chef Boyardee, and that was the hell o- yeah. That was the only food available. Ravioli, ravioli, <laughs> give me the formuli. So, like, give me some beefaroni. I'm a happy. Bitch. It was it was pitched kind of as like what Access is now. However, like mm. none of the boys wanted to go downstairs, so it was just like Jr. And Michael Cole doing like signing autographs, and all the wrestlers were up on like a balcony. We did in this package get the great line of Vince McMahon yelling at Kane, going. Loosen up! It's a party! Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, Austin was there, Rock was there, they all kind of cut promos. Mick Mick Foley did a fucking tight five. Nice. Uh, wasn't great, apparently. It was all variations on the line, pimpin' ain't easy. And it was like, limpin' ain't easy. Shrimpin' ain't easy. Something else ain't, it was, it wasn't good. Good. We also did get to see Shane McMahon drunk off his tits. (laughs) Yeah, he was having a great time. Hitting on Deborah. Oh yeah, they put oh. they put Deborah in like the middle of the fucking dance floor, and I'm like, oh no, 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 get her out of there! Oh my god! So that was the rage party. We're not going to review it. I'm going to listen to the Attitude Era talk about that because I want to know what happened. We were recently featured on their caption contest. <gasps> we were talking about Eugene and the musical chair segment. <laughs> so we have reached that time. It is our main event for the WWF title. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock in a no disqualification match. With special guest referee Vince McMahon. For now. Did you know Michael Cole spoiled the main event on Heat? Oh no. Tune in later on the Home Shopping Network where new champion Stone Cold Steve Austin will be there. Oh, on the Home Shopping Network? (laughs) What was he selling? (laughs) Knives? Listen, there was a whole QVC WCW thing. We can only... Wow, I had no idea. That's so funny. This is a no disqualification match. It was made that on Heat. Weirdly enough, the the other title match they have at WrestleMania is also on the night made a no DQ match. Oh, no, you're right. But Michael Cole is going to step out. He introduces good old JR Jim Ross to commentate the main event. In the most stunning floral vest I've ever seen. So we need to talk about Jim Ross. Do we? <laughs> yes. So you also know that Jim Ross is coming back from a Bell's Palsy attack. Yeah. There was multiple things going on in his life. And like he flew to England and upon landing, he learned that his mom passed away. Oh. And it like, you know, it, it like triggered it. it. Triggered yeah. It, yeah. Oh, that's horrible. So Michael was filling in and they have Jim Ross come back at this point. And I commented like a lot of people saying that uh, JR is coming back too early. He needs more time. And he's like interviewing Bart Gunn. And he's like, why won't you look at me in the eye, Bart? People like you did this to me. It's like, oh, they, they're trying to fucking do a J.R. heel turn. They were doing him in Dr. Death Steve Williams. And it's like, I'm be you took out J.R.'s boy, did you? It's like, oh. oh, it was really uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he like, he fucking kicked Michael Cole in the dick. And he's like, get your narrow Yankee ass out of my ring. Oh, no. Yeah, they try to do a really ill-advised heel turn. No, no, no. Oh, that's awful. That's gross. I hate that. Yeah. 
And if you hate that, you're going to hate Oklahoma when we get there. Hmm. What if we did that, but we're going for comedy? And we're going for mean-spirited comedy. And we hire Dr. Death Steve Williams, one of JR's friends, to go along with us. See, that's Vince Russo, too. Every once in a while, we have a moment where we have to explain wrestling things to friends of ours. Yeah, we tried to explain Eugene. It didn't go over great. And every time I start talking, I'm like, I'm just, I want to stop. Because there's no way to make this sound palatable. <laughs> so, special referee Vince McMahon comes out in a black tank top. Can, okay, I'm. can I be angry about this for a second? Go ahead. So, remember about an hour ago when Vince McMahon was talking to What's-His-Face backstage being like, I have the and most... Kevin Kelly. Who cares? Has the best referee outfit ever. Like, it's pristine, it's clean, it's the perfect ref shirt. He comes out in a fucking black tank top. What? Where's your ref shirt, Vince? I literally wrote the same Did you? <laughs> Did you like Vince McMahon singing along to his song in the ring? Oh, I missed that. Yeah. I was so pissed he about He was literally shirt. going like, no chance. Oh my God. Vince is in the ring and all of a sudden we hear that sexy boy hit. I did see Shawn Michaels singing along to his theme, though. Did he? He was singing along to Sexy Well, he literally is the singer of the song. So it works. Shawn Michaels, at this point, is the WWF commissioner, and he comes out with referee Mike Chioda. HBK's looking good. Shawn tells Vince that he needs to read the WWF rulebook, or if you're watching on Peacock, you need to read the rulebook... Because yeah, they, they bleep out WWF. Yeah, they, they, don't, they, don't, they, don't bleep it, they just they cut the audio for it. Why? But like they say WWF multiple points before this, so I don't know why only that oh, one true. instance is cut. Oh, you're right. That's weird. So Shawn Michaels tells Vince McMahon that per the rule book, only one man can appoint the ref at WrestleMania. And it takes about fucking five minutes to say that it's him. Yeah. He never fucking says it. Well, he does say it. Eventually. So, Sean tells Vince to get the hell out of here, and he said, hit the bricks. Hit the bricks. Get to stepping. He also bars the corporation from ringside, but doesn't bar Vince. Yeah, what an oversight. Well, he literally specifically says, like, why am I letting you come down? Why? So, the referee for this match is going to be Mike Chioda. No video package for this, which was weird, yet also appropriate, because having watched the Raws... Man, this feud is nothing. It's very young. The feud is Austin McMahon. Yeah, but once again, this is the same thing as the boss man in the cage. Yeah, it's just you're facing the corporate champion. You're you're facing whoever is picked to be facing you. I mean, people like like the joke and focus on, we watched the beer bash segment. Mm -hmm. There's a line in there where Austin's like, Jesus Christ, son, get serious. We're doing fucking main event WrestleMania on Sunday. True. You're talking about fucking, you know, fake streets. And I'm like, you're the champion. Fucking <laughs> do it. streets. <laughs> but The Rock comes out and he is back in his trunks because he had been wrestling for most of the past couple of months in the fucking tracksuit. Oh, in the tracksuit? I thought he was wearing the um, the dress slacks. No, he was doing the tracksuit. He, he did a tank top a couple of times, just different kind of tops on him, long yeah. pants. But he was also weirdly wearing the, his like trunks under his gear. Weird. Steve Austin comes out, doesn't have his vest. Oh, you were telling me why he doesn't have his best. Yeah, he got into a large argument with his wife. Yeah. And um, they get a divorce around this time, too. Oh, shit. And um, he, left, just... he left the vest at home 
and like wouldn't slash couldn't go back to get it. Jesus. So he comes out in a t-shirt. And I didn't I didn't mind it when he was coming down, but him on the ropes, like in the corner, Not looked in the weird. Best, yeah. The like entire first half of this match happens on the outside and in the crowd. Because yeah. they immediately brawl the outside and then end up in the crowd. To a and point where I don't think that security knew that they were gonna go into the crowd. You see the head of security like go, oh shit, and, like run towards yeah. them. They brawl up on the entrance ramp and Stone Cold gets backdropped kind of onto the truss that's sitting on the, on the ground. Oh, my God. It and looked shoot. And his painful. leg just, like, clips the fucking light. And it's oh. like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, it looked so, so that, that light costs multiple hundreds of dollars, if not a couple thousand. Yeah, but his leg, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How much does your leg cost, Nick? Austin whips the rock into the WrestleMania logo, and they cut to a wide shot, and you can see how much it's fucking swinging back and forth. Like, oh, that's flimsy. He hit it hard. On the way back to the ring, the rock suplexes Austin onto the concrete floor. Mm. They go over to the announcer's table, and rock spits water into Austin's face. Oh, yeah, he he steals commentaries, like, brand new nice water bottle. Looks like frosty and nice. Drinks it, just spits it right into Austin's face. Austin does end up getting a spit back in his face, too. Austin tries to elbow drop Rock through the Spanish announce table, but it doesn't go on the first one, so he does the second one and it finally collapses. Oh my god, yeah. You were very worried about the second collapse. It didn't look like that was a table that was meant to break. I I should have known, but like it didn't go through the first time, so I was like, maybe it's not supposed to. You should have known because it was a Spanish announce table. I should have, you're right. So they go back in the ring, except Rock then immediately goes to the outside and like whips Austin's leg into the post. Finally, The Rock goes back into the ring, and both of them are there, and immediately hits a rock bottom. Yeah, it's like okay, we're in the you know we're in we're in the final kind of we're in the final third. Yeah, Austin kicks out, so Rock grabs a chair, and this is where commentary and the ref were like flip flopping about DQs and all that because the the ref was constantly warning about DQs and Jerry being a heel commentator is like he should be DQ'd. Right. It's like no, it's no DQ. Right. And then Rock would cheat, and it's like, yeah! Right, what? So the Rock grabs a chair, but Austin manages to get it and swings at the Rock, but the Rock pulls the ref in the way of the chair shot, which was a very polite chair shot for mm-hmm. a ref to take. Because I remember wondering at the beginning of this, I'm like, it's kind of weird you didn't bring Earl Hebner, because he's like the senior referee. Yeah, this would be a senior But match. then I was thinking, I'm like, okay, if you bring out Shawn Michaels and Earl Hebner, it brings up Montreal vibes, so maybe that's why... But I'm like, wait, did you actually just bring out Mike Chioda because of people who were going to take a chair shot? It's like, okay, he's young. He can do it. He can take it. Rock gets the chair and works over Austin's legs. Tim White comes to check on Mike Chioda as Rock clocks Austin with the chair, but Austin kicks out. Rock hits the Samoan drop and Austin kicks out of that, so the Rock just rock bottoms Tim White. I will admit I like that spot in no DQ matches where it's just like, you get pissed at the refs, so you just like... Yeah, just hit him. So that's ref number two out for the count. Technically, at this point, Mankind should have been the ref. Vince was going to be the ref. Mike Chioda was the ref. Tim White was also the ref. So this is ref number four. You could, yeah, you could make the case for ref number four. Ref number five then comes out, and it's Jaboy, Earl Hebner. Yes, Austin hits a stunner, but Earl is running down the ramp, so it takes too much time, and the rock kicks out. Vince then comes down to the ring and knocks out Earl Hebner. Because, of course, Vince is coming down to the ring. Then Mankind comes down, so we're back to the original ref. Yeah. And knocks out Vince. He does not attack The Rock, which I like. I didn't I, I didn't need that kind of level of like, no, I'm the ref, I'm gonna fucking right. call this fair. 
Rock hits a rock bottom, and as opposed to going for the pin, he signals for the corporate elbow. <laughs> Thoughts on it being the corporate elbow and not the people's elbow? The amount of times that I wrote people's elbow and then backspace to write corporate, it's the people's elbow. But Austin moves out of the way. They have a nice little finisher counting sequence, ending in Austin hitting the stunner, and gets the pin. New champion, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And the heartbreak on Vince McMahon's face. Oh yeah, there's a lovely shot of him just like... That man emotes. Or at least back in 99 he could emote. He he had great faces. <laughs> so I like this match. I, it was a bit overbooked with all the ref shenanigans. Yeah, I think this is without a doubt match of the night, though. Ironically, it's from here forward. This actually might be the weakest of all their matches because they I, I can see that they have a match at Backlash the next month, which is fantastic. Oh, okay, The Rock will actually turn face after that match. Okay, so we're in the final kind of month of that because. He's just so charismatic that, yeah, we can't leave him as a fucking heel. Yeah. There's so much money to fucking be made yeah. with this guy. I did like this match a fair bit. Oh, yeah. I, this match gets talked down because it's not as good as the other ones, but I thought it was still pretty good. Y- you need to get past the crowd brawling to start. I don't mind that. Yeah, like, I mean, it's not bad. It just doesn't build a lot of drama. And it's no, like, but I don't mind it. I like it, actually. Yeah, like, they get in the ring and it's immediate rock bottom and it's like, okay, we're, we're, like, we're going from here. Yeah. yeah. So after the match... Austin does a bit of a beer bash and then goes to leave and then just grabs Earl Hebner and it's like, oh, come on in. And Earl then Earl, so Earl gets the fucking beer. Like, Austin's not even on the ropes and Earl has him. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. Earl, Earl gets on the ropes and does the beer thing too. And I thought that was very cute. Yeah, they have some beers together. Austin goes to leave again, but then Vince is mouthing off to him. So Austin punches him, tosses him in the ring, hits a stunner, has some more beers. <laughs> more beer jesus so austin has beers. like a fucking 12 pack at this point he's like pouring beers on vince's face i don't even know how much he actually drank he just kind of like poured it everywhere we close the show with the you know recap package of wrestlemania and we're out so that Ooh. was wrestlemania 15 thoughts on the overall show overall underwhelmed yeah it's not a super memorable show like i mean unfortunately was- i think that you may have unintentionally overhyped it for me because you kept being like, Oh, we're going to watch WrestleMania. And like you, the way you say it is kind of like, it's exciting. We're going to watch WrestleMania and talk about it on the podcast. So I was expecting it to be high caliber. Yeah. If you called this judgment day or vengeance, I think like people like that was a pretty good show, but it, it It was fine. It just doesn't feel like WrestleMania. I think the last match is closest. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Triple H and Kane kind of feels like a, oh shit, we need to get these two on the card. But unfortunately, Kane has a good handful of those matches of, like, Kane and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 18. Kane in the fucking hardcore triple threat match. Literally, actually, fucking Kane the next year is weirdly teaming with Rikishi against X-Pac and and somebody. It's an underwhelming show. I wouldn't say it's a bad show by any stretch, though. Like, it's a passable show. It just doesn't feel like WrestleMania. So, let's go to best bit and MVP. So, I already said my best bit. It was Edge just hanging. (laughs) (laughs) Just like midair. Okay. What was your best bit, Nick? Uh, I gave my best bit to the main event match. Fair. I mean, in in terms of matches, there wasn't a lot going on. I know some people love the Shane McMahon X-Pac match. I just, I, Test kind of killed it for me. Yeah. Test did that match with Psychosis did to that fucking tag. That, oh, the that, eight-man tag? No, not the eight-man tag. 
the fucking uh, Fatal 4-Way tag in and out match where he just kind of kept coming in. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's not your turn. Get out. All right, MVP. I give it to Triple H. Triple H. Just for, like, his overall showing. He had a lot of... He had a lot of moments in this WrestleMania. Yeah, Triple H does a weird non-heel turn and then a full heel turn. He just had a lot of performing to do in WrestleMania. So I was like, you know what? You did good work. I gave mine to Steve Austin. I I enjoyed watching him the most. He he had the presence. And I know this isn't his crowning moment, but this is like the, okay, let's get back on track kind of moment. Yeah. I did give an honorable mention to Jim Ross. Yeah, I think that's fair. I was tuning out commentary for almost the whole show. And main event, he enhanced that match. And it's like, it was notable for me. Okay. Before we head out, I want to note that uh, the Raw after this WrestleMania did a 6.51, which was a new record for any wrestling show. That's cool. It is like the hottest wrestling has ever been at this point so far. That's cool. We have not seen what they'll put on counter to that, because oh, yeah. it looks like it might be a pretty good show, but the one leading up to it, Jesus Christ, mm. what a fucking miserable show. I'm, I'm editing that going, man, this, I'm like, just reliving it again for a third time, and I'm like, <laughs> oh no. It's just bad. Alright, should we do some housekeeping and get the hell out of here? You can follow us on Twitter at Butts in the Pod. And on Instagram at Butts in the Pod. Yes, Emily made the Instagram, she's Aha! very happy. There's nothing on it yet, but there will be. <laughs> Also, subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I think we keep saying iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Oh, is it not iTunes anymore? We talked about this previously. It's it's Apple Podcasts. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. Until next time, where it'll be the March 29th, 1999 Monday Nitro. The return of DDP. Woo! And maybe a few others. <gasps> So we're on the road to Spring Stampede, according to The Observer. They don't know what the fuck's going to happen at the show, so we'll find out when they find out, apparently. We'll see you next time. Bye.